Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I'm Noah Hiles, and it's just a solo show for the first part here. As we come back from the weekend, Alex is on his way as I'm recording this right now on Sunday evening. He's somewhere in between Chicago and Minneapolis. We'll talk about that in the second half of the show. We're actually going to give him a call and check in with him on his journey to the Twin City and just the wild trip that he's making right now, but... Until we get to Alex in in the second half of the show, let's talk about this past weekend. I know we don't want to, but we have to. My God, I think this was the worst possible outcome. As Alex and I previewed this series on Friday, we gave you the pitching matchups, we gave you our keys, what they needed to do, what they needed to do to execute. None of it worked. 0-3. A sweep. The worst series of the season. The Pirates entering Monday, entering today, have the worst record in professional baseball. Not ideal as the team is approaching one-sixth of the season. Yes, it's only going to be game 10, but when you're only playing 60 games, this is the nitty-gritty. We're getting to the midpoint of the season is right around the corner This team's won two ball games still. They should have won a lot more. Unfortunately, they simply have not. A sweep to the Chicago Cubs. And what's tough about it is these were all winnable ball games. Every single one of them was a game the Pirates could have easily won. If they only had, say it with me, a little bit of offense. Dear God, where are the bats? They didn't make the trip down, or up, I should say, up north to the Windy City. Maybe it's tough to travel during the pandemic. Maybe you're not allowed to bring bats with you. I don't know how that works. They weren't at PNC Park either. So I I don't know where the bats have gone. They have not shown up. The offense is atrocious. It's not good. They can't score early. And in some games, they can't score late. I feel bad for the Pirates starting pitching. I feel bad for the bullpen. Because they're doing their job. I don't envy Derek Shelton. How could you? Who would you hit leadoff right now? Who would you bat third or cleanup? Well, cleanup's an easy answer. Aside from the cleanup hitter, I, I, I don't think he has a tough time filling out 7, 8, 9 in the lineup. He's got 29 worthy candidates. The rest of this team has to wake up. It's not good. I'd say one thing you could do to possibly help out your offense, though, would be playing some of your better hitters. One by the name of Jose Asuna, I would imagine, would be a bit helpful. Where was he? If you follow anybody here on Twitter, DK, Alex, really anyone that follows the Pirates on Twitter, everyone was freaking out on Saturday. I said on Friday's show, I want to see this guy start three games. He started one. He pinched hit on Saturday. And it was the final at-bat of the game. I don't know. He's a decent defender. He's actually pretty good at defense at first base. Third base, he's just learning. They finally gave him a shot to play third base. But this is a guy who can play four different positions and you have the designated hitter spot. I don't get why you would not be rotating him in. 
They're putting Guillermo in more than him. They're putting Jared Dyson, Gerard Dyson in more than him. These guys are good defenders. But defense isn't the problem. You need people who can bring runs to the scoreboard. He can do that with one swing of the bat. He's not getting opportunities. I don't know if this is a personality problem. This also hurts when you're covering the team during a pandemic. You don't have the access. When reporters are in the clubhouse, you have a better chance of finding these things out. You don't have that right now. No one knows what the real story is with Jose Asuna. I don't know why he's not playing. He deserves more of an opportunity. Because there's no one, no one in the lineup aside from Colin Moran who's done anything offensively to guarantee they get to start the next day. I get that guys need at-bats. But so does he. It's okay, though. Because the offense is the main problem, but there are other problems waiting and lurking now. No, Look no further than the starting rotation. I mean, dear God, who are they going to have to start ballgames now? You go into this season without Jamison Tyone, the best pitcher in the franchise. Chris Archer, a guy who you mortgaged your franchise's future for. It didn't work out, but you still have him. Those are your two top arms. They're out for the year. Now your top prospects on the IL. You come into Sunday's game after seeing Stephen Brault throw three perfect innings. Chad Cool throws a perfect fourth inning. And then he gets hurt right after. You see these two guys leave the game with injuries around the same time in the game too, which is weird. You have to wonder, what's the plan? Starting pitcher was a area this team did not have a lot of depth in. Who's waiting in Altoona? To get the job done. Are they going to go with bullpen games? Is Steven Brault ready to go more than three innings? Is it JT Brubaker time? Well, I don't know how well those guys can just jump into things and go more than three. Both have looked pretty damn good. Which is bringing me to my next point I want to talk about. Let's talk about something positive. Which is hard to do after the team gets swept on the road and... Falls to 2-7 and seven on the season, but let's talk about the positive. Again, aside from Colin Moran, who leads all of baseball in home runs, there's one good thing about this team that fans should be excited about, and it is the plethora of young arms that are seeing success out of the bullpen. You're seeing multiple guys. We talked earlier last week about how players needed to step up, how the bullpen did not see anyone take that next step last season. It's very early, but this team is seeing a lot of young guys step up, and some of them in key situations. JT Brubaker has been great when called upon. That's something fans should be excited about. In addition to him, you have Jeff Hartlieb, who got called up this weekend due to the injuries. Wonderful, wonderful pitching from Jeff Hartlieb. Davidus Navaraskis, a guy who has been absolutely crapped on by everyone that's watched Pirates baseball. Yet this dude has come in with inherited runners, he's pitched in extra innings, and he's got the job done. And even on Sunday, Sam Howard. How about Sam Howard? Who is Sam Howard? Alex was just dogging on Sam Howard a couple days ago on our podcast. Sam Howard looked like Sandy Koufax 
out there in, in Wrigley on Sunday. Okay, Maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but nonetheless, striking out guys, getting ahead in the count early. I mean, these young arms coming out of the bullpen are getting the job done. When your bullpen delivers, I mean, Brawl came out after the third. They played 11 So eight innings of work, they allowed one earned run. You need to win that game. You need to win that game. And they didn't. I feel bad for the bullpen. They deserved a win on Sunday. They deserved a win on Saturday. The guys who haven't been delivering are all in the IL now. Everyone who's performed well this season out of the bullpen is healthy right now. The guys who are struggling, aside from Miguel Del Pozo, who we're going to get to in a second. But aside from him, everyone who's been, Kyle Crick, Michael Feliz, they're on the IL now. They're going to figure it out. They're either hurt or they're going to figure it out in their downtime. But they've got a young stable of arms now that showed against lineups like the Brewers and the Cubs, they can keep you in a ball game. If you just score some freaking runs, they'll win. Instead of doing the three stars and the three things you need to improve, there's one guy, I gotta say, has to step up this next series. And his name's Derek Shelton. I'm not here to say Derek Shelton has been an awful manager because he's been he's been managing nine games. I'm not going to give him a report card yet. But what I am going to say is this is his first test. The future of the MLB this season is kind of in jeopardy right now. And his team, at this moment, is the worst in the league. How are you going to motivate this team to keep playing, keep trying to win ball games, and, and make them believe they have a shot just be relevant in a week, in two weeks, in a month, by the end of the season? How are you going to keep them involved? How are you going to figure out how to fix this offensive problem? How are you going to figure out this rotation? He has a lot on his plate. And this series against Minnesota is not going to be an easy one where he can figure it out. Granted, after the Minnesota home-and-home, it gets a little easier on the schedule. But even teams like the Tigers are playing decent baseball. So, when it rains, it pours. And so, yeah, Derek Shelton, I do not envy you. You have a lot of difficult decisions to make, difficult things to figure out. And some of them, there might not be an answer to. Certainly not one that I have. But that's why they're not paying me millions of dollars to manage the Pittsburgh Pirates. One tip, stop bringing in Miguel DePozo, especially when it's a close game. I watched a Pirates manager who wore number 13 over the last couple years bring in subpar relief pitchers when they were down by one run, and all of a sudden, the game got out of hand. Wouldn't recommend doing that. If a guy has an ERA double my age, I'm 25, the guy's ERA is 54, maybe save him for uh, lower leverage situations. That'd be my guess. That'd be my recommendation. Aside from that, good luck figuring it out. This is a big series against the Twins. I know we said that against the Cubs, but it's a big series for different reasons now. The Pirates are in a hole. Big hole. The worst, they're in the worst spot if you're not including COVID-19 related struggles. But standings-wise, they're in the worst spot out of any team in baseball. They're not hitting. Their starting pitching is beat up. You've got to figure out a way to get this ball club moving. 
Good luck, Rook. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give Alex a call on the phone. We're going to talk about the upcoming home-and-home series against the Minnesota Twins. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Starting segment two, it is no longer a solo show. I am here in the chat, and the man I am looking at is sitting in a dark car. Is it a rental car? It is a rental. One-way rental. It is a rental uh, he looks to be in a mysterious parking lot and a, in a mysterious state. Alex, where the hell are you right now? I am in the Culver's parking lot in Wisconsin. I don't know where exactly in Wisconsin. I didn't even know I was in Wisconsin until I went through the drive-thru and the big sign said, per Wisconsin law, everyone has to wear a mask. And I'm like, wait, am I in Wisconsin? And the cashier looked at me and she's like, yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Which, they didn't have get-go in Wisconsin? They don't, no. no? Just wait until this site continues to grow. They're going to, you know, get-go, expand with it. It'll be great. Um, but all seriousness, Alex, uh, we're talking right now. You are – it is – It is. what time is it? Let me look here. It is 10 till midnight. Um, you are still in the polo. I'm assuming you wore to Wrigley Field on Sunday. To cover this yep. game, I see your press pass is still around you. You're in a Culver's parking lot in Wisconsin uh, on your way to Minnesota. Take us through this journey because some people probably don't understand <laughs> the process it is to travel covering Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, um, this is uncharted territory for everyone, but uh, I mean <laughs> – Lunatics don't need any explanation on this one. If there is any way that a sporting event can be covered, DK Pittsburgh Sports is going to be there. And the Minnesota Twins really don't want a whole lot of visiting media to come through. So their thing is, well, you can't be in the stadium if you've been on a plane over the last two weeks. But if you drive to Minnesota, you could still get in. So the Pirates played in Chicago and then Chicago to Minnesota. That's halfway through. So I made one leg of the trip. I'm going to do the other one for the other days that they're playing the Twins. Flying home, thank goodness. Not looking. I would I would not enjoy a drive from Minnesota straight to Pittsburgh. Is, is there any other team doing something like this that you're familiar with? There might be. I I don't know. I mean, DK and I we're we're trying to we're trying our best with the travel right now. Just trying to keep up to date what we can and cannot do. How's we'll the road it been? All out. How's the road been? How was the road to Chicago? And how's this trip been so far? You know, the drive to Chicago actually wasn't too bad. No one's on the road. One of the few perks of, you know, a global pandemic going on. You can make great time on the, on the interstate. Yeah. 
of this drive, it's fine, whatever. Illinois has toll booths every 20 minutes, it feels like. And there's nothing. It's just flat, and there's just billboards and fields. That's all there is driving through there. Yeah, it's – Illinois is not a fun state to drive through. Question about uh, this past weekend, not baseball-related. What is Wrigleyville like during a pandemic? Were there a lot of people still out at, like, sluggers or different bars in the area? Not a lot, but there were some. There were – the rooftop seats uh, didn't look like they were exactly following social distancing that well up there. But, you know, there were people up there. You could hear them from up there. It's it's pretty wild. (laughs) They they go like, Jason Hayward. And Jason would be like, hey, I can't. It's like, wow, those are so, their voices are really carrying right now. I mentioned this. I don't know if I mentioned this on our podcast or not, but I mentioned it in regard to the fireworks at Progressive Field. Noise echoes like crazy in an empty stadium. Yeah. So, like, that noise gets picked up from just across the street and that it echoes you know what's it like watching an empty game and and Wrigley just like I just think of Wrigley it's always filled you know that's always yeah, an it area is. that's booming that has to be a de- and not saying that PNC Park you know is a dead zone but like it's just different you know day baseball in Chicago is just different like the the surrounding area the neighborhood and everything it had to have been a different experience because you've been to Wrigley as a fan right yeah, and then I covered the last series the Pirates had there last year. So I, I've done it on both ends. And, yeah, it is very surreal seeing big parts of Gallagher, you know, just, no, you can't go through this way. You know, walking down West Addison, all the stuff that's shut down are really close to or being, you know, at capacity, lower in capacity. It's, it's really different. It's It was – weird it was surreal it was something i don't think i much care to see ever again this is going to be the only time the pirates make the trip to wrigley next time i go to wrigley there better be people in there because it's just too odd an experience to look around and only see players and you know what i assume are team executives hanging around did they play go cubs go after the wins yes Um, all three times and go cubs go is just as annoyed as everyone says it is and but they do follow it off with uh sweet home chicago uh the blues brothers rendition which is a jam it's a bop a lot of blues brothers this week and i'm gonna have to watch that whenever i get you know two hours of free time you are the blues brothers right now we got a full tank of gas what's the saying yeah i am i'm I'm not heading towards chicago dark outside and we're wearing sunglasses or something like that Oh, I've even got sunglasses back here. Here, this won't translate well to the podcast, but it sure won't. It It sure won't translate well. But go ahead. What do you got for me? Alex is a little delirious, folks. If you can't tell, but go. There we go. All right, wear those for the rest of the show, please. Okay. (laughs) Hang on, I gotta get a picture of this as we keep recording. This is gonna go on the file for the actuals for the actual subscribers. All right, all right. So, <laughs> the third Blues Brothers now with us. What was your impression? I know you specifically told me uh, a little peek behind the curtain here. He said, I don't want to talk about this Pirates Cup series. It was a lot. <laughs> but um, 
just give me some quick thoughts on it. We don't have to go into great detail. And I just went on a, you know, classic Noah rant about the whole damn thing. But give me your immediate thoughts as you reflect on that sweep. Ah, offense looks bad. It just looks bad. I mean, unless your name is Colin Moran, who homered in both games and on Sunday drove a ball to center that if it wasn't for the wind blowing in would have been a third in three days. I mean, he's the only one who's seen the ball right now well. Shelton really tried to manipulate the lineup, it looked like, on Sunday. And it, he did a pretty good job. It, I mean, say what you want about the bunts, and I can't, you know, exactly be enthusiastic about them. But the put in situation in the ninth and tenth where Brian Reynolds came up with a runner in scoring position and then Josh Bell came up with a runner in scoring position. Those are the two guys coming into the air. It's like, yeah, that's who I want, you know, if I have to try to get a game-winning hit. And Bell got a hit. And Bell got a hit. And, you know, it was just a – God forbid first and third with no outs. I don't hate the send. I do. I, mean, I, didn't even talk, because I didn't even bring that up. I don't hate the send because the worst case scenario is what ended up happening. You have a better base runner at second base with one out. So it's just basically Josh Bell popped out or struck out or something. Let's go through this scenario again. But with the way that it was set up, it required a great throw from Schwarber, which he made. It, it required perfect fundamentals from the Cubs. And it really felt like that was going to be their best chance to score in, in this game. It's like, here's a guy. Do, do we really want after this whole series to leave a guy on third base or do you want to go for it? I, I don't necessarily blame Cora for that send. It, it would have been a better send if it would have been like, two outs and it was a very clear do or die let's do it it, it kind of stings that it's the first out of the inning yeah it, um it wasn't a horrible made that throw home was that half or schwarber 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 he's got a good arm yeah yeah that's what uh, he's a catcher. catchers tend to yeah yeah he's, he's a golden spikes catcher um so as really as you as you leave wrigley on the road covering, statistically, the worst baseball team in the majors right now. I ended the first segment asking, what does Derek Shelton do to get this team motivated, to get them up, to get them turned around, to get at least a split against the AL Central leading Minnesota Twins, who just took three out of four against an Indians team who has the best rotation in baseball? I don't think you would argue that. No, no, no. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you do to make this work? What can he do? Talk to me. You know, I mean, I, I don't think there is, you know, a singular thing he could do. Like I said, he, he put his best players in good situations to score runs. Those are situations that, you know, it, it wasn't just Josh Bell's time up in the lineup. No, he made it. So Josh Bell came up in the biggest point of the game. That Brian Reynolds came up in the biggest point of the game. It's kind of what you want to see. Right now, I don't know exactly how much there is for Derek Shelton specifically to do. There is stuff for Rick Eckstein, for Mike Ribello, 
for for the hitters. There is uh, stuff for everyone to do, but to throw it all on Derek Shelton's doorstep is not fair because they scored three runs or they scored in three innings out of 29 this series. That's no one person's fault. That is a group effort, you know, for that to happen. And this is a lineup that, you know, they're not like the Minnesota Twins who hit 300 homers in a season. They are built on the concept that they have to string hits together. So if Kevin Newman isn't hitting and Brian Reynolds isn't hitting, actually Newman at least had the three hits on Sunday. That was the best he's looked all season. Drove the ball a couple times. scored a run before the seventh inning. Yeah, then never again. Uh, <laughs> and then never again. Brian Reynolds isn't hitting. Josh Bell isn't hitting. Basically, the only one who's hitting is Colin Moran. Philip Evans is kind of hitting. Yeah, okay, Philip Evans. Well, Tucker's kind of yeah. hitting. Tucker's hitting the ball hard. It's not falling in. Yeah. Tucker's I, having good at-bats. I think yes. that, that's a fair point. Tucker's in kind of no uncharted territory since he's not an everyday guy, but he's looked good in the field. He's looked good on the bases he's hitting the ball hard but it's sad how we have to split hairs you know yeah that's exactly like whatever we're talking about Cole Tucker who is not an everyday starter and talking about how he's hitting the ball hard is like a positive thing for this offense that's just not enough it really comes down to it's not something that you know only Jose Osuna could solve it's not something only Rick Eckstein could solve Derek Shelton Brian Reynolds Josh Bell it's gonna have to be a group effort would you say offense, obviously, the biggest key for the Minnesota yeah. series? Yeah, just produce something. The pitching's looked really good. I mean – The bullpen has looked amazing. If you take away Michael Feliz and Del Pozo. Yeah. I mean, the bullpen – bullpen's dealing with a lot of injuries right now. And considering where they were at this time a week ago to now – there have been a lot of encouraging steps. I think, in general, though, the rotation. Trevor Williams has probably turned in the worst start, and even then, it, it wasn't horrendous yeah. so far. I mean, whenever you look at these nine starts, maybe this, maybe the Mitch Keller one, you know, that's, that's an exception. Let's take Mitch out of the bit because that was injury-shortened. But out of those nine starts or eight that will count, like six of them are serviceable to good. In that range, you know, the type of stuff that coming into this year that if people thought, you know, if this rotation could just keep them in the game, the offense will take it from there. And it just hasn't happened. Pitching's doing its end of the bargain right now. Yeah. Final thoughts, Alex. Uh, prediction for these uh, four games against the Twinkies. Do you think they get more than one? Uh, I, I think we're going to see something. I think we're going to see something on Monday. Um, Homer Bailey was scratched, and I cannot remember who is taking his place. It sounds like a an explorer who should have been with, like, Lewis and Clark. It's like Thad Lewis or something like that. Yeah. I, I think they're going to come back on Monday, and then they'll take one more in, in, in the three-game series. So I'll say two and two. Yeah, the starter, it's Lewis Thorpe. Lewis Thorpe. Lewis Thorpe. wonder if he was related to Definitely. Jim Thorpe. All-American, former uh, Canton Bulldog of the NFL team in 1925. Um, yeah, I mean, it, eventually, you can't, they can't hit 125 the whole freaking no. year, right? They no, can't. they can't. 
uh, Michael McHenry was talking about this on the broadcast today. He said, eventually, players' numbers over 500 bats, which they're not going to get this year, obviously, but over 500 bats, everything evens out. If you start off the first month and a half, two months, hitting under 200, you're just going to be hot. That's just how the game of baseball kind of works. You, it all evens out. I don't know if that's going to be the case for a 60-game season, but you're going to see that in a small amount. There's just no way eight of the nine hitters in this lineup are going to finish with an OPS under 600. There's just no way eight of the nine hitters in this lineup are going to finish hitting under 200. It just just cannot happen. And if it does, I don't even know what to do. I mean, that would be like the worst season statistically ever. So – Maybe this is where it turns around. If not, it turns around against Detroit. It's got to turn around soon. Target Field is a hitter's park. This could be where they flip the switch. Who knows? I mean, you're seeing JB get some hits. I mean, just looking at the team batting averages and being like, hey, a couple guys over 150. Like, that's sad. That's sad. Hopefully, it gets, it gets back up. I'm going to say they split. I'm going to say they All split right. with the Twins because baseball doesn't make sense. And then Manfred will shut the league down, not because of COVID, but because the Pirates, they said, what the hell is going on? That'll be, they'll sweep them. And that, that'll be, (laughs) this season isn't real. Uh, Alex, thank you for stopping in and drive safely. Where are you going to stay tonight? What, what, what city of Wisconsin in Wisconsin, are you cr- close to Green Bay? Are you close to Madison? Where are you close to right now? I think I'm within spitting distance of Madison. Well, don't right spit now. because that's how. Ah, uh, there's the COVID joke. Yep, there it is. Drink, everybody. That's that's one drink in the final minute of the show. Make sure you get there safely. Um, be sure to follow all of the DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, Twitter accounts, social media accounts. Be sure to subscribe and recommend us to all of your friends to subscribe to our channels on, you know, wherever you get podcasts and continue listening to this, I'll say it, great content we have here on DK Sports Radio. For Alex Stump, I'm Noah Heilstein. We'll see you next time.